0: Hi there, we're your IP consultants This is about to be highly indulgent So sit back and unpack your anti convulsants, And we'll tell you where to shove your Stanleys and Vulcans We'll use this device for unsolicited advice You didn't ask us for it, but you can't beat the price We offer
1: up our services from the US to Sweden We're your IP consultants, Vincent Enion.
0: Welcome to Hubristic Park.
1: <laughs> or perhaps we could call it IP Consultants. Yeah. The show where we do the thing with the stuff. Uh, I'm Ian. This is Vincent. Say hi, Vincent. Hi, I'm Vincent. <laughs> We're off to a smashing start today. Yep. Because why are you so loopy? Could it be because you've just finished watching a magnificent quintet of films?
0: Hey, I'm not the loopy one here. You're the loopy one. How am I loopy when you came in with the hubristic park at the opening of the show? Well, that's just an observation (laughs) about what the whole franchise is about. It's about hubris.
1: (laughs) That's that's accurate. That's accurate. In case you haven't figured it out, we are already talking about the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World movies this week and what they should do with the eventual Jurassic World 3 Jurassic Park 6 that they
0: are in the planning stages of. Yeah, I believe there's no title for it yet but there is a director attached according to IMDb. Yes. And it's again Colin Trevorrow who did Jurassic World but not Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, But he did write Fallen Kingdom, didn't he? He was one of the credited Writers, yeah, yeah. So let's
1: go over the series briefly here before we we dive into the ideas we'll have for a sixth movie, right? But uh, basically, the series started. It was based on the book Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton. Yep. And uh, the first movie is a Steven Spielberg production, and at the time, and even now, because the effects still hold up, was a landmark for special effects. The dinosaur effects were half practical, half CGI most of the movies after that one, they were all purely CGI and sort of lost
0: the plot. I believe there were some animatronics in all of them, but less so in the newer ones. Less so in the newer ones and definitely not nearly as much as they were in the
1: original. And all of them sort of seemed to lose the plot of the wonder of dinosaurs in the first movie, and as they progressed slowly, kind of,
0: especially the new one, kind of almost progressed toward kind of horror. Well, I would give a slightly different observation on that because i think the first one spielberg combined two genres there's oh yeah sort of half of the movie which is like awe-inspiring family adventure film and half of it is survival horror and it's sort of family friendly survival horror which is a weird genre yes <laughs> but that's that's kind of what what was established with that first movie and the second movie continued that to an extent, I would say it leaned more into the survival horror than the awe-inspiring family adventure. Although, y- yet it was very family focused because we focused on Ian Malcolm's family. So. Yes, uh, absolutely. And then the the third movie was again it was family oriented, and because we get um, yeah, William H Macy's lost kid, basically, <laughs> him and and yeah, the Kirby family.
1: Yeah, that's what their last name was.
0: Yeah, and of course, you know, a continuation of the survival horror thing. The th- both of those things have kind of gone away in the most recent couple of, or I guess they're still sort of trying to do it, but it's not quite clicking in the same way. Yeah. Jurassic World was kind of trying to walk in the footsteps of Jurassic Park because it starts out as this kind of optimistic thing and then everything goes to shit, which is kind of what happens in the first movie.
1: But yeah, and also that movie mirrors Jurassic Park a lot, as does Fallen Kingdom
0: mirrors Lost World quite a bit. Oh, yeah, that is definitely something I've noticed. But I think Colin Trevorrow didn't quite catch capture the combination of genres as well as Spielberg did. And I'm not a huge Spielberg fanatic. I'm cool <laughs> with Spielberg. I'm not Spielberg's biggest fan. I can see flaws in his work. And I sure. I acknowledge that he's not like the greatest director ever. But I do think Spielberg had more of a handle on what to do with these movies than Colin Trevorrow did. And I would say J.A. Bayona, who did Fallen Kingdom, also has a defter hand than Colin Trevorrow, in my opinion. I just watched Fallen Kingdom and I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It's a ridiculous movie, but I
1: love ridiculous movies. Everyone in that movie, everyone in the original Jurassic World is a goddamn idiot. There's a lot of idiots in the entire franchise. I would say, yes, but it definitely seems way more pronounced in Jurassic World, especially in Fallen Kingdom. We have such sharp character archetypes in Fallen Kingdom, and the problem with both Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom is that at least for me, you don't like any of these characters. None of them are really
0: likable people.
1: I I thought the kid was all right. The kid was all right. Of course, the kid was all right. The kids are usually the ones that are supposed to be likable.
0: Yeah, I've got observations on that in a while. But in Jurassic World,
1: the kid who also played Harley in Iron Man 3 kind of was the most annoying
0: kid they've had in any of the movies. But yet you still kind of liked him. Are you talking about Zach Mitchell? Yeah, I think that's his name. All of these movies have these capable kids. The first movie has Lex Murphy, who's a hacker. Yeah. And the second movie has Kelly Curtis, who does jim Cotta, and then the third movie has eric kirby who's a survivalist and then the fourth movie has zach mitchell who's a fucking idiot they they, they've all got these capable kids and all these (laughs) yeah and and the fifth one has uh, the
1: little girl who uh spoiler alert if you haven't seen fallen kingdom
0: is a clone (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, that, that makes sense. I mean, I was pretty much waiting for that to happen at some point. At some point, there was bound to be a human clone because the whole series... They telegraphed that like a freaking sledgehammer to the face. Y- yeah, it wasn't a big twist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I would say the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World series is all about intelligence versus stupidity. And it's the intelligence that keeps us alive versus the stupidity that will kill us. And specifically, the idea that stupidity isn't a lack of intelligence. And I think this is very important. Stupidity is behavior in spite of intelligence. Yes, exactly. Exemplary of this is Dr. Henry Wu, played by B.D. Wong in Jurassic Park and Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom.
1: And, And as you say, a lot of the villainy... A lot of the antagonists of this series in every movie is always stupid because of hubris. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: Your arrogance. (laughs) Yeah, and and many of these characters, especially Henry Wu, is a very intelligent character, but he's also very, very stupid. He's intelligent enough to figure out a shortcut to making dinosaurs and and ways of tailoring them to specifications, but he's also stupid enough to do it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and in contrast to him and all the other stupid characters who keep both creating and walking into danger, we have people who use their human intelligence to figure out clever means of survival and helping each other survive. Because they have to overcome the stupidity that
1: is out to kill them now. Yeah. They established that, you know, through the series, the only two movies that are actually based on Michael Crichton books are the original Jurassic Park and The Lost World. Yeah. And The Lost World is kind of unique in that Ian Malcolm originally died in the first Jurassic Park book, so he even brought him back for the book. But those are the only two that are based on Michael Crichton's novels. Everything else is just freeform for the movies, and the more they stray away from the original material, the more they get really goofy and really kind of separated from the overarching ideas set forth from the original movie. You've got John Hammond, who created Jurassic Park, and he said he only did it on this one island. And yet, in the third movie, there's
0: a neighboring island that it's set on. Well, they introduced the other island in the second movie. Yeah. Site B. That was where they first created the dinosaurs and then they were moving them to the other one. I believe the islands are called Isla Nublar and Isla Sorna. Yes. And And Ingen is in there and Yeah, Ingen is the company and we should point out when we say Ingen, we don't mean any offense. It's spelled I N G E N. It's the name of the company. It's not a slur, but it does sound like one. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds close to one, yes. In-gen. If you you say it fast, it sounds more like a slur, but yes, it's in-gen. Yeah. So the locations are those two islands. The Nublar Island is where Jurassic Park and later Jurassic World is, and Sorna is where Site B is, where there's just a bunch of dinosaurs running around. Because that that was supposed to be like an amphitheater, I think. Yeah. And then they decided, no, we're just going to make a whole park. But beyond that, you've gotten it taken away
1: from, from John. John Hammond, mostly because the actor who played him passed away and it's passed down to Henry Wu, who's taken over the park and given different people a run of it. There's the billionaire who owns it and who runs it in Jurassic World. And then Wu is now selling the dinosaurs because the island exploded in Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom. But more than that, you've got James Cromwell in Fallen Kingdom, who up until this point is an unknown character who was John Hammond's right-hand man and helped develop the idea of Jurassic Park with him that we didn't hear about until now. Yeah, he came out of nowhere (laughs) and his
0: name is Benjamin Lockwood, which is weird because that's a DC Comics character named Agent Liberty. <laughs> who is currently on Supergirl So when Lockwood was first Mentioned like I didn't know what his first name was I just picked up on Lockwood and I was like Oh that's an interesting coincidence and then they Say that his name is Benjamin I'm like what? This guy is fucking Agent Liberty? That'll do pig That'll do. That's all I can think of when I see James
1: Cromwell. Well that's that's not true I always think of Babe and then I always think of him As the Irish cop in LA Confidential and as Zefram Cochran in Star Trek First Contact so yes James Cromwell is Always those three people at once, mm. <laughs> he's had a lot of iconic roles and you take a step back and he's playing
0: one of those three in every movie <laughs> uh there's a there's a dialogue in the first movie if we're gonna get into a bit of the the sort of long-term overview of the series sure there's a line where ian malcolm played by uh, jeff goldblum says god creates dinosaurs god destroys dinosaurs god creates man man destroys god man creates dinosaurs and then Ellie played by Laura Dern says dinosaurs eat man woman inherits the earth now this is just sort of a little joke in that movie sure but in terms of long-term storytelling looking at it as part of a franchise those lines become what sounds a lot like a prophecy they become like arc words like in a lot of long-running series and stuff you have stuff that people say early on and then it comes true so I think at some point we're gonna have to see woman inherit the earth and you know who else was in that car Lex. Yes. I'm thinking Lex inherits the earth long term. I don't know how. (laughs) Uh, She does it on her Linux system. I think it's Unix. <laughs> unix that's what it was. Shit. <laughs> but yeah, she's uh she's a hacker. I kinda wanna see that character back because she was one of the first people to visit Jurassic Park, except for as we found out, apparently the original Maisie. Maisie's uh mother, biologically. Maisie's quote unquote mother, yes. Yeah. Genetic template. Maisie being the little girl from Fallen Kingdom. Right, the clone. So Maisie the First was apparently one of the first people to visit Jurassic Park, but that's a retcon. One of the first people we saw visit. Jurassic Park was Lex, along with Ellie and Alan and Ian and Tim and Nedry, Nedry, which is, of course, an anagram of nerdy. Yes. Like, that's some lazy writing. And Samuel L. Jackson's character. And there's there's a bunch of people in that movie. So I think it would make a lot of sense to bring back Lex. I don't know if Ariana Richards still is acting in anything. I don't see any credits on IMDb recently, but I don't know if she's doing theater or retired. I seem to remember the
1: actor who played Tim. Tim, the young boy from the first movie, interacting with some people about Jurassic Park on Twitter a couple years ago. Mm. So there is a there is a possibility of him coming back, but he's not the character you want to focus on with that. Well, the line was woman inherits the earth. Exactly. That's what I meant. She's not the one that he's not the one that you're trying to focus on in this woman inherits the earth idea. Yeah. Tim's still a great character and is definitely worthy of being brought back. Try not to misconstrue what I say here, but I'm saying in a focus that you're trying to put on an eventual sequel
0: with the woman inherits the earth line from the original movie you obviously want to focus on lex yeah because what we are moving toward as we saw at the end of uh fallen kingdom is we're moving toward a world where dinosaurs and humans are in quotes coexisting <laughs> yeah k- kind of and the implication seems to be that you know the dinosaurs are gonna win because life uh finds a way <laughs> So so at some point, I mean, pre-apocalyptic fiction can only stay pre-apocalyptic for so long before you either have to end it or end civilization. Like one of those things is going to have to happen at some point. Otherwise, there's no more series. At some point, the dinosaurs are going to win and you're going to have humans struggling to survive in a world overrun by dinosaurs. Sooner or later, you're going to get there if you keep going. Yeah. Which, you know, I wouldn't mind watching. That could be a fun movie. Yeah, right. So in that scenario, there are certain... This series has this tendency to establish characters and then abandoning them. Like, we see in the first movie, there were characters, and then a lot of those characters aren't in the second movie. And in the third movie, we bring back characters from the first movie and not characters from the second movie. So this series keeps like, uh, this character, bye-bye. This character back and this character, bye-bye. New characters and like, it just keeps shifting the characters around and that's a fine thing for a series to do, but at some point, I think some characters from the first movie are going to have to come back who we haven't seen and I'm thinking the kids. Yeah, definitely. Or like, even from the second movie, I think Lex Murphy, who's a hacker, could come back. Kelly Curtis, who does Jim Cotta, could come back. Eric Kirby, who's a survivalist, could come back. Like, all of these are characters who could be useful in the narrative in some way. I'm not saying, like, use all of them all at once and create a fucking Avengers team, although, meh. Who knows <laughs> like okay ridiculous angle here ridiculous angle kelly curtis is the gymkata expert she encountered dinosaurs at one point and used the gymkhana to survive that's gonna stick in your head you're gonna live your life going this was fucking useful that one time i'm gonna keep doing this i'm not gonna stop i'm gonna i'm gonna ready myself i i spun on a pole and kicked a dinosaur
1: through a window yeah this is something that not everyone can say
0: yeah, exactly. Plus, her dad, Ian Malcolm, is Mr. Chaos guy who's like, you know, this is gonna, this is gonna snowball. This is gonna. He's a bit of a fatalist, um, in a way. Who is only brought into the last movie, uh, for clout. <laughs> he's
1: only bookending the movie. Yeah, but he's still an important character to the narrative. He's absolutely an important character to the narrative. Though the whole chaos theory mark his whole chaos theory deal
0: is kind of the watching the flow chart of the movie yeah exactly and what i'm sort of saying is kelly curtis his daughter would have grown up with that and also with this memory of, I spun on a pole and kicked a dinosaur through a window. So, <laughs> I think she would keep training, keep at it, because she was kicked out of gymnastics as a kid, but, like, that's not going to stop her. Yeah, I, I should say, if for those listeners who don't know what Kata is,
1: Kata is a movie where somebody uses gymnastics as a martial art. Right, exactly. And we're using that as a name for what she did in Lost World Jurassic Park, the second Jurassic Park film. It wasn't called Kata in that movie movie yeah no <laughs> because that's ridiculous that movie jim Cotta, is ridiculous yes. and we're using that as an emphasis to show what she did in lost world is goddamn ridiculous right but it's canon but basically she was a little gymnastics kid who kicked a dinosaur out a window using gymnastics
0: right so therefore we're saying jim Cotta, right thank you for clarifying that <laughs> so what i'm getting at with this ridiculous idea is she keeps training she basically becomes batman and <laughs> Lex Murphy <laughs> is basically Oracle. She's the guy in the chair. Mm-hmm. She's the micro, the Oracle, the etc. The one who's on comms. Clearly. And doing all the techie stuff. And then you got Eric Kirby, who's a survivalist. So here you've got a little bit of a team. So, like, I'm thinking in the next movie or the movie after that, this is a little bit of a thing where you don't focus on them. You don't tell their story. You're telling still the story of Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt. Owen, yeah, his name, his name is Owen Grady and Bryce Dallas Howard's character is Claire Daring. So, Owen and Claire are still the focus of the movie, even though they're not my favorite characters, but they're what we're doing right now. They're nobody's favorite characters. Yeah, my favorite characters in the Jurassic World movie were Vivian and (laughs) Lowry, and that's because I like Lauren Lapkus and Jake Johnson. Right. And I wouldn't mind seeing them back. Again, those are characters who were introduced and then just sort of discarded. We don't get to see them again. Yeah, but they were very side characters. (laughs) Yeah, but their scenes were some of the best scenes in the movie. Of course they were. They got to do some improv. It was cute, and then there was a moment where he thought they were going to do the movie celebratory kiss moment and she's like I have a boyfriend and then they had like an awkward friend hug and I like I I thought it was great yeah that was like the most human moment in that movie and the most humorous and that's why they put those people in that role so (laughs) right yeah and I think that moment was probably not scripted I think there probably was a kiss in the script and I think probably Lauren Lapkus came up with the I have a boyfriend thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or they came up with it together. I don't know. But that was very clearly not a scripted thing. Oh, yeah. Well, a good majority of his stuff wasn't scripted. I'm fairly certain. Yeah. So I think I want to see those characters again. But again, we're telling the story of Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. I'm just going to call that.
1: Yeah. Whose characters completely switch from Jurassic World to Fallen Kingdom. A a bit. Yeah. They have a weird arc. We'll call it that. Yeah. They basically become
0: each other in Fallen Kingdom. (laughs) A, a little bit, uh, or at least to an extent. I think Chris Pratt has become a little bit embittered and distant. Yes. And Bryce Dallas Howard has uh, kind of warmed up a bit. Yeah. Because she was very cold in the previous movie. She was very
1: cold and didn't really care about the animals. And then the opening of Fallen Kingdom, she's running a
0: dinosaur conservation. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's her arc. She's changed because of the <laughs> events of the previous movie. It's a bit of a 180, but you can see it, it sort of tracks. Yeah. I'm buying it. I'm with it. I'm rolling with it. And the characters are more likable like this anyway agreed because Chris Pratt has become less of a like douche Douchebag. guy <laughs> uh, and Bryce Dallas Howard has become you know a bit more of a human being yes exactly in the positive sense so I'm enjoying the track that they're on and apparently now they're going to be a family it seems like they're going to adopt this kid yeah I don't know if that's going to be an official thing or if because the apocalypse is happening it's just going to be like oh yeah you're our kid now everyone you know and loved is dead we may as well adopt you <laughs> yeah and I don't know if that's going to be an official adoption or not. but we'll see. So we're focusing on them and during this movie there's some digital stuff going on in the background of the story like there's someone out there doing some change like a hacktivist who we don't get to see for like most of the movie. Halfway through the movie we find out it's Lex Murphy and if we can't get Ariana Richards back we get someone else to play that part. She was a kid when she first played the part so if she's not acting anymore you get someone else. But I think halfway through the movie Lex turns out to be this hacktivist who's been helping them in secret
1: Yeah you know like there are mechanical gates set up on the perimeters of the city to kind of keep the dinosaurs out and some have gotten in and she's
0: opening the gates to
1: get them herded back through or something like that.
0: Yeah and probably like she's having help from Kelly Curtis and Eric Kirby they've formed a team because they've bonded over the shared experience of having been to Nublar and Sorna respectively. They would have met on some internet forum or something like this shit happened because at this point now it's not like the 90s when people who met in chat rooms were very specifically computer-oriented people. Now it's more like everyone's on the internet, everyone's on social media, there would be people on the internet who like, oh, you're that kid who was the person who met dinosaurs? I'm also a kid who met dinosaurs in the 90s. Uh, Maybe we should talk. And form a little bit of a support network. I feel like that's a thing that would happen in the age of social media. So they would get together and they would sort of assist each other in this trying to stop the apocalypse thing. Absolutely. So they would be sort of working in the background while we're focusing on these other characters. That's an idea. I definitely dig that idea. I think that's an interesting way to go. But
1: considering how much Jurassic World kind of aped the framework of the original Jurassic Park, and to an extent, Fallen Kingdom definitely apes the framework of of Lost World especially with the dinosaurs coming to America. Right, because there was the San Diego incident with the T-Rex got loose. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of story beat parallels between Jurassic World and Jurassic Park and Fallen Kingdom and Lost World. Jurassic World 3 should probably, following that theme, have story beats similar to Jurassic Park 3. Not saying that we should have a raptor say Owen or anything like that, <laughs> but we should definitely have... <laughs> Uh, uh, some, some story beats that mirror Jurassic Park 3's story beats. So what of those story beats do you think we should pull from?
0: Well, if you're asking me, I'm going to say don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's very useful to just keep repeating storylines. I think... Oh, no, I absolutely agree with that. But I'm saying this is the theme that they've
1: established for the series. Yeah, but I think they should... And if they were going to move on with that theme, obviously they should move away from it because you should make original films. We know this. Yeah. But I'm saying this is a thing that they are probably going going to do, and if you're going to do it, let's pick the best parts to do that with.
0: I'm, I'm going to say don't. I'm just going to stick with don't, because I <laughs> I don't think that this whole thing of, like, let's do sequels that are in some way the same as the like, let's mirror this trilogy. Like, I think that whole thing sort of works for Star Wars sometimes where you do little things that connect, but I feel like you need to keep it a little bit reined in, and I feel like Jurassic Park doesn't need to repeat itself. Sure, sure. It needs to keep moving forward and it needs to bring back characters and it needs to continue on themes that were established and it needs to expand on storylines but it doesn't need to repeat stuff I feel like the whole repeating stuff thing is not helping I feel like that was the least interesting stuff about Jurassic World to me was all the stuff that was oh this is just Jurassic Park again I saw Jurassic Park I could just watch Jurassic Park again like I want a continuation of the story and if that means echoing stuff, if there's a narrative benefit to doing that, then sure, do it where it makes sense. But to me, it's like, no, we're moving toward an apocalypse now. That's the track we're on. Let's tell that story. Because at some point, it's just going to be stuck in a loop if you don't move forward. Alright, I agree with that. I think that's probably the best way
1: to move. I was just trying to see if there was interest in doing what the series had clearly established what they were doing.
0: Well, do you have any ideas along those lines? No, no, I mean, I
1: I, I do like the family searching for their kid who was lost on the island. I thought that was an interesting angle and then bringing in Dr. Grant to help find him was interesting. I didn't think it was a great plot in order to get them back to Jurassic Park for a third time but it was still something interesting. So, you know, having a family lose their child amidst dinosaurs is still something. Well, we do have a child who is a bit of a survivalist in a sense. We do have a child who's a bit of a survivalist in a sense. Or at
0: least interested in the
1: thing. Yeah, I mean, you've got the new family of Owen and Claire and Maisie and you've got the Kirby kid who's a survivalist now but you know you either bring the Kirby kid in to help Owen (laughs) or it's just the story of Owen and Claire trying to find Maisie who's drawn to the dinosaurs because she shares similar DNA because they're clones and she's a clone.
0: I don't know that that's how DNA works. (laughs) I'm
1: saying in the established world of Jurassic World they use the similar cloning methods. I don't think that they used obviously the same DNA but it's bad sci-fi at that point
0: yeah because th- that's another track because i mean there is this thing of gene splicing that is happening where i mean already from the beginning you're using frog dna and bird dna to patch up these d- dna strands right and they've continued to do on that track they've developed that with the indominus rex and the uh indoraptor yes which is like a smaller of the same thing almost with some more extras but this is a track that they're on where this genetic splicing is happening i think it's inevitable that if this keeps going, keeps going. I'm not saying necessarily in the next movie, but at some point because we've seen a human clone now, we're going to see human gene splicing at some point. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we're going to see a human dinosaur hybrid because I think it would make more sense to stick within like mammals. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Although I wouldn't put it past them. We shouldn't see that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a thing that they could do in terms of like they might. But I'm saying as an IP consultant, don't do a human spliced with a dinosaur. Do a human maybe spliced with a saber-toothed tiger if you got to do anything along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. I was just going to say Sabretooth Tiger. <laughs> and because of how the, the whole time thing works, when we start going on that track, unless we're doing this series for a very long time and waiting years and years before we get there, when you do get to genetically modified spliced human hybrids, it's going to have to be a baby. Yeah. Because otherwise, you, you got to wait like 20 years before you get to the point where you can do that plot. Although, Maisie isn't a baby, so cloning already has a bit of a head start, but the thing of gene spliced humans, I mean, that's Seems like something that the military would be trying to do, and you would have, like, the military is holding these mutants trapped. <laughs> In a cell In a bunker somewhere And we gotta rescue the mutants And now we're doing the mighty mutant animals in the Jurassic Park universe <laughs> There's a crossover we could see So yeah InGen's a side corporation of whatever was written on the can of ooze from turtles Well it was TCRI but t- or Well it's TGRI in, in the second movie But it's TCRI But that's aliens uh, who made that <laughs> uh. Well we know that We know that But I'm saying InGen could be a
1: side project of that too Considering we're talking about the freaking mighty Mighty animals in here. Yeah. uh,
0: Yeah, okay, so let's go down that route. In the 1400s, the Utroms crashed in Japan. Oh, I've I've started on a TMNT rant again. I'm sorry. Well, that's how you get Mighty Mutanimals. Do you want Mighty Mutanimals? Because that's how you get Mighty Mutanimals. Yeah, you crash aliens in Japan in the 1400s. So... (laughs) Where were we?
1: Uh, we were talking about regular gene splicing in the Jurassic World area. <laughs>
0: right. We've had gene spliced dinosaurs. At some point, you're going to move away from the dinosaur. I'm not saying move away from the dinosaurs in terms of the franchise. You're still going to have the whole dinosaur thing. But somebody would be like, oh, shit, this dinosaur crisis is happening. We're going to have to keep up. So we're going to have to do this transhuman thing of turning humans into weapons. Something that can compete with the dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to have to take this gene splicing cloning technology and we're gonna have to make special humans. And these special humans are like being g- MK Ultra. Oh, yeah. Like that sort of thing, but with gene spliced clones. So that's a thing that would be happening at some point. They're making these cloned human hybrid babies who are being traumatized as a means of mind control and they are being trained. So eventually, you're gonna have to rescue some of these kids and give them the help that they need. And now we're on a track of this is spin off stuff.
1: Yeah, this has turned way more into. Harder sci fi than Jurassic Park kind of originally was. Jurassic Park is very soft sci fi. It's got a little bit of cloning, it's
0: got dinosaurs back in the real world, you know. I think you're misusing the terms hard and soft sci fi, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> Because hard sci fi is that it's more scientific. Yes. And soft sci fi is that it's more in the realm of fantasy. And this is kind of in the realm of
1: fantasy because dinosaurs. And pushing it more harder into the harder sci fi, it is going more scientific because you're moving past cloning dinosaurs to gene splicing. So I think I'm using it kind of properly.
0: (laughs) Well, we've already got gene splicing. Gene splicing was in the Jurassic Park movie in the first one. I'm saying you're moving it beyond the things
1: that you've already brought over from the fantasy realm and bringing it more into gene splicing on humans, that always seems like it's a little bit more pushing it, in my estimation anyway.
0: Well, uh, I'm just trying to follow the logical pathway of like, okay, so there are people who are very, very rich and people in the military, and there are people who want to exploit these dinosaurs. They're going to turn these dinosaurs into weapons. We're basically turning Jurassic World into the island of Dr. Moreau. Well, yes, that's kind of part of where I was thinking. I was thinking a little bit <laughs> Mutanimals, a little bit Island of Dr. Moreau, and uh, a little bit X-Men, maybe. Uh, but the track that we're on is the military wants dinosaurs to use them as weapons, right? Sure. They want to use them in warfare. They want to control the dinosaurs and make attack dinosaurs, right? And then you've got rich people who want to use dinosaurs for, like, trophy hunting and well, sport hunting uh, and stuff. And they, maybe, like, exotic pets. I don't know. So you've got these people who want exploit dinosaurs and that's obviously snowballing and there's gonna be chaos and shit's gonna go really bad. So somebody's gonna have the "Quote unquote," brilliant, stupid idea of going. Oh well. In order to keep up with these dinosaurs, we're gonna have to start messing with human DNA. We're gonna have to start making humans more. We're gonna have to like, okay, keep the human intelligence, but add all this other stuff that we can give them. And that's gonna be the military antagonist
1: that we've had in the past couple of movies, especially in Jurassic World. It was was it D'Onofrio? or? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was D'Onofrio who who was the military antagonist in Jurassic World, trying to train the raptors to be weapons for the military. Yeah, Hoskins. This is obviously the next extension of that because we now have dinosaurs in the United States. So let's get the military involved in getting Woo to start gene splicing humans to combat the dinosaur menace that is now set upon <laughs> the continental
0: United States. But it's mostly in Seattle area, but <laughs> whatever. Right. And that's a long term thing because obviously babies. So yeah, you're starting with babies and you got to rescue these babies from whatever training operation they're doing where they're like raising these babies in all the wrong ways in order to turn them into weapons so you need to rescue the children and I'm not saying like you do a full on animal where like it's like half human half a specific animal these are humans who have been altered in very specific single gene ways like this gene from this thing and this gene from this thing like they're doing with the dinosaurs they're sort of genetic hodgepodge enhanced humans. Here's the thing though I don't think they should be babies because this is obviously several years
1: after the events of falling Kingdom. The movie itself is several years after it, but the movie's timeline can also be several years after it. It doesn't have to be babies. Some of these could be not fully grown adults, obviously, Yeah, but-, but still more advanced children. I would say maybe children, maybe teenagers. It happened to them when they were younger, maybe not infants, but it happened to them when they were younger, and they've already been trained a little bit, because it's a little easier to train somebody who's a little older. You can't really train an infant as far as the advanced things that you're talking about so I think maybe making them a little aging them up a little bit uh, and obviously moving the story ahead uh, timeline-wise, so that they've been aged a little bit.
0: Well, it kind of depends on what the story is, because these are bad people we're talking about. Yeah. Who are abusing children. So, if we're gonna rescue these children, I mean, they're still children. And we're talking before the age of nine. Like, that's when the brains settle into form of personality. We're talking children under nine that are gonna be rescued, hopefully, before all this fucking abuse starts. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. But I figured, just for the point of the movie, that, you know, the
1: whole world doesn't know about them yet, and are our- protagonists of the film find out about it and it's already been several years. Okay, so if we're talking like a few movies from now... No, I'm not talking about a few movies from now. I'm talking about for the next movie. For the next movie. Yeah, all of this shady underground stuff has happened behind the scenes. Nobody knows that they're making gene-spliced human hybrid people and that this abuse has been happening because it's all secretive. You know, they find out about it while it's not finished so that they're still younger and can be saved, but it's still a thing that has been going on a little bit so that there's a little bit more, I don't know how to phrase it properly, but so that there's seemingly a little bit more urgency to getting them because they've obviously been going through it for a little bit.
0: So, I think that the next movie is supposed to come out in like 2021 or something. So, are you thinking these kids would be like the same age as Maisie? Uh, yeah. I'd say maybe putting them around the same age. Okay. So, these are kids who have been going through this process and now we're gonna have to save them from ongoing abuse as opposed to impending abuse. Yeah. Okay. So also there's this thing of depicting abuse in movies. Be very careful with that. Obviously. Speaking as an IP consultant, I would advise being very careful about this whole abuse angle. Because the thing is, the whole MKUltra thing, that was a real thing. People did that. Human beings, the CIA kept children. Look it up. This this is nuts. This sounds like conspiracy theory shit, but it's real. They were abusing children. They would cause children to split so that they could control them. It's absolutely... Absolutely sickening. And the fact that this is a real thing that happened also means that you gotta be really careful with the subject in a piece of entertainment, obviously. You have to give it the gravitas that it needs and you have to not show too much of it because you don't want to re-traumatize people who might be watching who have been traumatized. Clearly. So we've got kind of like a baseline established for an
1: idea of a framework of the movie, of like a general underlying plot. Yeah, I
0: think, honestly, the whole thing with the spliced humans I was thinking like At least The movie after The next one Cause I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I First I. of all I don't think They're in any State of planning Of like Yeah let's start Doing spliced humans Now I don't see it Happening Well no I don't see them Saying that for this movie But I'm saying It probably
1: should be For this movie Because The thing that they Have said for this movie Is that It is Several years after Oh they have They have They have said that It is several years After Fallen Kingdom And that it is basically it's not dinosaurs running through
0: tearing through cities it is how the humans are now coexisting with the dinosaurs okay because in that case are we expecting the Maisie character to be recast with an older actor
1: that I do not know we don't even know if the Maisie character is going to be in it because they haven't said anything about characters they have just said that that is the idea for the plot that they are working towards in a script that is being written
0: Hmm. because according to IMDB Chris Pratt and um, Bryce Dallas Howard are signed on yeah supposedly in it so if they're in I'm assuming that the kid that they're supposedly or assumedly raising is going to be in it. Yeah. And if it's more years later than the years that have passed in real life, they're going to have to recast the character. I mean, if that's what they're doing, that's what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so if humans are coexisting with dinosaurs, the question is, how chaotic is that at this point? Like, are we expecting, oh shit, it's basically the apocalypse happening? Or are we like, oh yeah, they're animals, they're out in the wild, we try not to fuck with them. (laughs) Uh, I think it's. I mean, at least from the pitch that they had said,
1: was it's basically they're out there and we're trying not to fuck with them. Occasionally, a raptor will wander into someone's backyard and, and mess things up for a little bit. But I mean, that doesn't make for an exciting movie. So they're like bears. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make for an exciting movie. There has to be some sort of conflict to to kind of bring
0: that up. And well, I'm assuming that's where it starts. But then later, there's running and screaming. Of course, <laughs> as he and Malcolm said in the second movie. As as there always is, yes. And that's where
1: we find out that, you know, certain military uh, establishments are not happy with the fact that we have dinosaurs which are causing things to be fucked up. And so they are combating this idea with genetically splicing humans in order to
0: raise them to combat the dinosaur quote-unquote menace. Okay, so here's what I envision. Here's what I'm kind of assuming is going to happen, is we're going to start the movie with dinosaurs are out there, occasionally they show up like bears and wreck your yard. It's not the biggest issue yet, but it's about to be. And then over the course of the movie, the dinosaurs run wild and the humans are fucking with the dinosaurs and things come to a point where kind of society starts to collapse. And that's where the movie kind of ends is like, oh, shit, we fucked ourselves over by fucking with these dinosaurs. We maybe should have left them alone. Stuff like that. And also all this gene splicing is happening. And I'm guessing like the army is going to be wanting dinosaurs and they're going to be using dinosaurs for warfare. So like there's an escalation over the course of this movie is what I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. And there's at the end of the movie, I'm assuming that Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are going to stop something, but it's not going to stop everything that's usually what happens right you stop something but you don't stop everything so they're still you put a band-aid on the dam <laughs> yeah <laughs> on the big gaping wound so this dinosaur crisis is still rising but they've managed to contain it and they've managed to survive i think the end point of the movie will i think be they survived it they've protected their family because if we're going with the thing of echoing the third movie there was that thing of like getting the family back together yes i think that's maybe what's going to be at the end of jurassic world 3 is we're going to have a family surviving the apocalypse, essentially. So the apocalypse is happening and this family is surviving. That might be Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and the kid, and maybe some other characters we might meet. Sure. Which could be Lex, could be Kelly, could be Eric. Yeah. These are possibilities. Could be Tim. So I'm thinking that will be the close of this trilogy. And then I'm thinking the next trilogy is where we'll start having human splicing. Okay. Okay. I see. I Because when you had started saying all of that, I assumed that
1: you were saying this for this next movie that we're talking about. I definitely wasn't. <laughs> I didn't think that this was going to be movies further down the line.
0: Well, I'm, I was thinking as a larger view of the franchise, I'm thinking at the end of this movie, we're going to find that, I, I guess, Lex is doing a bunch of stuff in the background with her two friends, Kelly and Eric, and they've been helping out. And now they've joined up with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard at the end of this movie. And then in the next movie, as we start the new trilogy, we start dealing with human <laughs> splicing and the rescuing of these MK Ultra children.
1: Yeah, that's why I was trying to focus it on the next Jurassic World movie because you're jumping
0: ahead before we've even established what the next Jurassic World movie was going to be, so. Well, the reason is because they're already doing the next movie and I'm pretty much assuming that we pretty much know what's going to happen in the next movie. The apocalypse happens and they survive. Like, that summarizes it and I pretty much gave my observations on like, okay, yes, I want Lex back. I want maybe Kelly and Eric back. Yeah. These are things that you could do in in the next movie to make it tie more into the first three movies. Sure. You get one kid from each movie to come back to say, okay, yeah, now we've bookended these two trilogies, and as we move forward into the next trilogy, that's where I project the assumption that at some point somebody's going to mess with human DNA. And that's another thing with that.
1: You are pushing for them to make another trilogy, and I would say. Uh, no. Well, yeah. Th- obvi- then let's have Jurassic World 3 be the last one, because it's already
0: ridiculous enough. Again, that's a perfectly reasonable. Well, my thought isn't so much that they should make another Jurassic trilogy, but that this would lead into a new series of films set in this universe that's been established. <laughs> they would be pushing into Xenozoic
1: instead of Jurassic, and now the Cenozoic age, it's just going to be Cadillacs and dinosaurs.
0: Uh. <laughs> with- <laughs> Well, I think, because I'm thinking of this in terms of the larger in-gen franchise. Sure. As opposed to just the Jurassic series. Because I'm thinking the Jurassic Park trilogy is three movies, and then the Jurassic World series is three movies. And do you go to a Jurassic Galaxy <laughs> series after that if they're following the naming conventions of the Mario games well I'm thinking we go away from the Jurassic convention of naming I'm thinking for the next trilogy if we're looking at it that way I'm not saying hey make another trilogy I'm saying this is a possibility of how to take the universe forward <laughs> If we're looking at it as a cinematic universe as opposed to a series of films, the next thing that you can do in this universe is to focus on what else would be the logical next step of this trajectory of this world. And I think there could be interesting stories to tell in a world where there are dinosaurs running rampant, dinosaurs being used for military stuff, and human gene splicing. Like, there's stories to tell with those pieces. And that doesn't necessarily have to be part of the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World thing. It would be a new thing that would be part of the same universe, in the same way that Thor is in the same universe as Iron Man, but... Sure, okay. It's not an Iron Man sequel.
1: You're making a Jurassic cinematic universe, I get it. So, here's the thing, though. If you've got a movie where the dinosaurs are running free and the military is using them, we've already got established that there are hero dinosaurs in this series. You've got the T-Rex that has been in all five movies. It is the same T-Rex. Is it? I didn't know that the T-Rex in the... Yes, it is the same T-Rex from the very first movie. Mm. It has survived this long and made it all the way through to Fallen Kingdom. Because the scars match up, they've established that it is the same T-Rex. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. So this is the same T-Rex that has rescued the protagonists, whether intentionally or not, throughout all five movies. Also, we have also now established in this new trilogy... Blue. That the raptor Blue is a hero character. While it does act on its animal instincts, it also responds to things that Owen tells it to do. So you have these two established hero characters that aren't human protagonists. Right. And do you establish a franchise based on them moving on beyond what the humans are doing into your cinematic universe or even just having them be the focus in the next movie and have having that be the baseline that pushes it forward. So
0: you're suggesting that these characters, the T-Rex and Blue, are the C-3PO and R2-D2 of this universe? Yeah, they're a steady through-line from the original film. The T-Rex especially is the through-line from the first trilogy. Blue is the through-line through the second trilogy. Well, what I'm asking is, are you suggesting that they should continue to carry through the way that C-3PO and R2-D2 have and be around, or are you talking about a story specifically focusing on those characters?
1: I think the focus is going to move from human characters to the dinosaur characters with the humans being the background characters for anything moving past this trilogy. I feel like this movie will incorporate them. The next Jurassic World, Jurassic World 3 will have them in it and they'll be, you know, a big part of it. But I think the focus will shift given a new trilogy, especially given the fact that it's, as
0: you are pitching, it's apocalyptic story and it's going to move on from humans anyway. I don't think... I'm following you down this track because I don't think you can do a movie with the main characters being dinosaurs unless you're doing a version of the TV show Dinosaurs. <laughs> No, no, I'm not saying they're absolutely the main character, but, you know, in
1: a Transformers movie, you've got the Transformers are supposed to be main characters. Yeah, but they talk. Yes, that makes it a little easier. But I'm saying I think they would probably be something that pushes something forward a little more rather than these human characters that honestly
0: nobody gives a shit about. (sighs) I don't see that. I don't see it the way you see it. Because I think such a major part of it is the survival horror. And that's only going to get amped up by the apocalypse. We're going to be looking at humans trying to survive in a world overrun by dinosaurs. And I think that's the point. I think, like, at the end of Jurassic World, there's a big fight between the T-Rex and the Indominus Rex. Right. And we're looking at the big fight between the T-Rex and the Indominus Rex. And meanwhile, the humans are trying to survive. They're trying to sneak around and run away. And we're looking at this fight between the T-Rex and the Indominus Rex. And the entire time I'm thinking, why are we not looking at the humans? Why are we staring at this blob of CGI fighting (laughs) instead of looking at the characters we're supposed to be caring about? The reason why we're not caring about the characters isn't they're humans. The reason we're not caring about the characters is because of the writing. I was caring more about the same characters in Jurassic World Fallen kingdom because they were written differently and i cared about what they were doing more i think the big problem with that end fight scene in jurassic world exemplifies why you can't make these movies be about the dinosaurs it's got to be about the humans you shouldn't even show the dinosaurs too much because we can see the cgi if you use the dinosaurs with some restraint and you focus on the humans trying to survive this stomping beast coming after them that's to me where the story is and where you're going to find the connection between these human characters and i think yes blue is a pet blue is an animal that they have made a sort of pact with for lack of a better connection with. Yeah, they formed a connection with this animal, and it's part of the story for them. It makes sense. One of them's an animal trainer, and it's a whole thing. He raised that baby. So the idea of Blue, Blue is connected to Chris Pratt's character. They have a bond, and I think the entire thing about caring about Blue comes from caring about Chris Pratt. The T-Rex, I didn't even know that that was the same T-Rex. Oh yeah, that is the
1: same T-Rex and the uh, Brachiosaurus that dies when the island blows up at the beginning Beginning of Fallen Kingdom is the same Brachiosaurus that they see
0: in the original Jurassic Park as well. Hmm. Well... Like, I don't care. <laughs> to me, I don't care that they're the same dinosaur because I don't know these dinosaurs. They they show up, they do some stuff, they try to kill you and maybe you survive. The thing that I care about or the thing I want to care about is the humans. This is very different from Transformers because with Transformers, I want to care about the Transformers. I want Transformers to be about the Transformers. I want Ninja Turtles to be about the Ninja Turtles, but I want Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, whatever you call it, to be about the humans trying to survive in a world that humans destroyed by creating dinosaurs. Because, <laughs> again, God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates man, man destroys God, man creates dinosaurs, dinosaurs eat man, woman inherits the earth. That's the prophecy. So, I want to see that prophecy carried out in some regard. I'm not saying, like, literally, but I'm saying this is about the relationship between humans and the world that they have created now. I'm in agreeance
1: with that. I was giving this kind of as a what-if. So, I definitely see your end of it. But I was also saying this is a possibility – what if they went and followed these because they do have these as hero characters or maybe not even just following them maybe not making them the forefront but making them kind of a bigger focus not exactly having them be lead characters but definitely having them be for lack of a better way of explaining it a lead focus you know having them be impetus for things to happen as opposed to just being dinosaurs that are there do we know what the lifespan of a t-rex is how long is that thing going to (laughs) live no idea and you know even if we did know that it's you know (laughs) it's probably completely undone from reality to movie so i'm sure they'll have a a way of explaining that oh because it's a clone and because we used splice dna
0: the lifespan is actually longer now and we're unable to calculate it something like that okay so here's a thought here's a loose little thought okay so blue will carry over into the next trilogy and we're gonna focus on this clone kid Maisie. Maisie. Maisie is going to form a bond with blue because she saw blue in the video she now Chris Pratt and Chris Pratt is gonna be like her new dad I guess and she's gonna be alongside this pet and they're gonna form a bond that's gonna be her dinosaur now I think I think that kid and that dinosaur are gonna be best of friends in as much as a human and a dinosaur can be but secretive
1: friends because Blue ran off at the end of Fallen Kingdom oh and let Blue go yeah let Blue go to be free but secretly in the backyard Maisie and Blue meet up
0: yeah and she's got a secret pet yeah I think in the next movie Maybe we're gonna see more of Maisie and Blue bonding, and after that, I think in the one after that, I think they're gonna join back up. I think Maisie and Blue are gonna be a team, maybe in the next trilogy. Sure. And Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are, I don't know, dead or something. <laughs>
1: Sure, sure. That all makes sense to me. Do you think that, now that you know that this T-Rex is the same T-Rex from all the movies, do you think that in Jurassic World 3 they'll kill that character off
0: finally, considering how much that character has sustained through all the movies? Well, the question is, what has that dinosaur done? It's been dangerous, and it's been fortuitous. It's shown up at the right moment. That dinosaur has been deus ex machina for a lot of the movies. Yeah, it tends to show up and just eat whatever is attacking somebody not because it's attacking somebody because it doesn't care. Yeah. It's not eating these dinosaurs because it cares it just even in the latest movie where they were running from the volcano was that the T-Rex that killed that other dinosaur when they were rolling in the, in the ball? Yeah. So that scene, what I was thinking in that scene wasn't, oh good the dinosaur came and saved them because it cares about them. No, not at all. That was not my thought. My thought was why is this stupid ass fucking dinosaur that is running from a fucking volcano stopping to eat another dinosaur why are any of these dinosaurs stopping to attack these kids why are dinosaurs stopping to attack anything while they're running from a fucking volcano (laughs) they're running from stuff And they're attacking people, and they're attacking each other. And it's like, you're either running or you're attacking. Those are two different activities. You don't do them at the same time. So my thought, I was thinking, why is any dinosaur attacking anything in this scene? They're running from a volcano. That should be the main focus of these dinosaurs. Why are they stopping to attack things? Yeah. And thereby rescuing the human slightly. It took me out of the scene. Sure. Sure. Right. So I wasn't thinking, yay, they're being rescued by this nice dinosaur from this bad dinosaur. I was (laughs) thinking these dinosaurs are fucking stupid. Well, they are stupid. And that's kind of the point of them. But anytime that the T-Rex
1: quote unquote rescues our protagonists, it's not doing it to rescue it. It's just doing it because this T-Rex wants to fuck shit up. It thinks it's the dominant species. It thinks it's the badass motherfucker who's going to come in and fuck the shit up. Hey, you think you're the badass motherfucker? This is my island, dude. I'm going to be the one who's going to kill you. Right. It's trying to establish dominance. It's all establishing dominance and a power move. It just happens to
0: coincide with rescuing the humans. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, I don't think of that T-Rex as a character. I think of that T-Rex as a A threat that is sometimes useful It's a a useful MacGuffin So I don't particularly care Specifically what happens to that T-Rex I mean, they could make me care You could tell the story in such a way that I'm like Oh, the fucking T-Rex died Or, oh yeah, the T-Rex died Yeah. Either way, because it depends on what the situation is really. Sure, sure Is the T-Rex being dangerous right now Or is it being useful Because the T-Rex doesn't have a bond with anyone No The T-Rex is just trying to rule the plains Island Yeah Wherever the T-Rex is, it wants to rule Yeah, that's what Rex means.
1: Exactly. So it's just trying to Rex. <laughs> it's just trying to Rex. <laughs> trying to Rex shit. It's Rex in effect. Uh- <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that, that I, that's, that's some decent baselines for several different threads. Kind of a very basic idea for what the third movie in this trilogy will be, and then
0: where to push the franchise after that. Yeah. I think we've given a lot of good options. Yeah, and I think you could stick with the title Jurassic World, because I mean, the world is going to be... Overrun by dinosaurs So it would be like A continuation of it anyway And plus Jurassic World Has that sort of Built-in pun of like It's a park It's also the world So Yeah It's a double entendre And it works I think you can stick With Jurassic World But have like Subtitles Sure Like Jurassic World Colon something something
1: Well, I think we've got a, The established baseline I think that's a, That's probably a good Place to stop Yeah I think this has been A brainstorming session Of sorts Definitely has been a Brainstorming session Of sorts If you out there Have any suggestions for what we can talk about next or any comments on what we have talked about. You can email them to us at ipconsultantspodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at ipconsultpod and you can also visit us on our Facebook page at facebook.com ipconsultpod. You can of course always find the podcast at ipconsultants.podbean.com We are also on iTunes now so you can download the podcast there. You can also check out podcast episodes on youtube if you search for ip consultants once again i have been
0: ian and i have been vincent and we will consult with you next time oh and more laura dern that was the one thing i didn't mention because she was in the first movie she showed up a little bit after that but she hasn't gotten the comeback that ian malcolm got in the second movie true true very true but have a tasteful tuna (laughs) not genetically spliced tuna